Praise God. Good morning. Uh, let's turn. Uh, this is not the message, but we'll see. Let's, is Daniel back there? <laughs> let's turn to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. And verse 33. Romans chapter 11, verse 33. How many people need something today? Could use something? <laughs> yeah. All right. So I got everybody's attention? Good. Does everybody have a handout too? Y'all be praying now. We might get to those notes actually on there. Otherwise... <laughs> It's like every time I say we're going to finish something, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. But how many, how many need something from the Lord? Amen. How many could use something? Amen. Yeah, good. Um, before we get started, too, I want to welcome uh, Jeff and Kathy Hartzell. Will you raise your hand? So, Jeff and Kathy... Great, great friends of ours, and uh, we love them so much. And uh, they actually helped to found Boomerang. So everything that you've received through Boomerang, they played a part in it. And uh, so thank you all for being here. We love you guys. So happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, if I don't see you before then. So amen. And uh, so all of us, we have, we have things, and we got a new baby. We got a new Boomerangian. <laughs> amen. Glory to God. I've been ready to preach for like a month. And uh, I went, uh, you know, Nicole and I had a trip where we went to a conference. And uh, we were there. And then we went straight from that conference into another meeting, into another meeting. And so I missed one week of preaching. And I came back and I preached uh, vic uh, Victory Over Attacks Part 1. And uh, man, it was some preaching that morning. And uh, it was strong. But I was still just pumped up, ready to go, ready to release the anointing of God and, and see the power of God. And about that time, uh, you know, we had multiple things come up. Uh, uh, Dr. Richard came in, so I didn't preach then. And then he preached all week, and I was listening. I'm like, I'm ready to preach. And then, uh, you know, uh, Nicole's aunt passed away, and we had to go do the funeral last weekend. So I didn't get to preach then. And I'm about ready to go. I'm just ready to go. And and uh, I'm glad y'all are here this morning. It's going to be a good morning. And so, but my question was this, how many people need something from the Lord, could use something from the Lord? Now, it's interesting is uh, we would say, hey, yeah, I need this or I need that or I need that. But let me ask you this question. Uh, would, have you ever, if you've ever had children, has your child ever asked you for something and the child's like, I need this, mama. I need this, daddy. Now, see, y'all know where I'm going. You know where I'm going because the child doesn't really know what they need. A lot of times, they just have wants. They have stuff that they think would fit the bill. They have things that they think, well, you know, because like if we left it up to Luke, it'd be ice cream in the morning, ice cream at lunch, and ice cream as the sun goes down. And on top of that would be gummy worms, chocolate, chips, anything junk food. Like that's that's probably his love language, and we need to work on that. But uh, that's 
he would, he would let it be. And if, he, if you ask him, he'd be like, yeah, I need it. I need it, right? Is that right? Now, the reason why he's not an authority on need <laughs> is because he has the mind that's immature thinking like a child. Not childlike faith, but immature wisdom, right? He, he, his level of need is not quite up to need level, although he may think differently, you know, and, uh, and reminded of it, of us, uh, remind us quite often. But, uh, he doesn't know everything that he needs. He thinks he knows everything that he needs. He's got two sisters teaching him to think that he knows something really quickly. What is it with teenage girls that all of a sudden he, he's like advanced beyond what they did. All of a sudden he thinks he knows stuff a lot faster than they thought they knew stuff. I think they're having some influence. We need, where are they at? Hey, she's hiding. <laughs> she ducked. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Luke, Luke is five, but he thinks he needs something. How could Luke at five actually know what he needed without having a bigger knowledge of the world? Don't you think that as he grows in his knowledge that what he actually needs, his thinking on that may change? Does he really know what he needs? No, not really. Not at this point. He may have an idea. He may grow up in that. And see, so, you know, this is the problem with a lot of teenagers is they get to the place where they actually have some ideas and they have more knowledge than they've ever had before. And we've talked about it in church. A lot of times uh, the biggest problems that we've seen in church is uh, spiritual teenagers where they've grown up, they've figured out a few things about this word, and they think they know something, and they do know more than they've ever known before, but do they have a knowledge that's wide enough to see everything that they need? No, no. So a lot of times what we have going on is we need something, and we think we know what that answer is to fill in the blank, but God's sitting back with all of his wisdom and mercy saying, that's the last thing you need. That's the last thing you need. Look at this, look at this scripture right here. Uh, this is Romans 11. Now, uh, you've, got, you've got him here writing the letter to Romans. And most people, you know, they would say that this Romans is Paul. And, uh, and I, it is. And uh, Romans is... Hebrews is where they don't know, but see, if you turn to Romans chapter 1, it says Paul, so it is Paul. Um, but <laughs> Hebrews is the one that they don't know. But Paul right here is writing to the Roman. That, that's Brian Humor, that, right? That was so funny. Do you it enjoy it? I'm so, amen. Thank you, David. <laughs> Thank you. That's Brian Humor. And uh, anyway, huh? <laughs> so Paul is saying right here, he just got finished talking about how the Lord had released his wisdom by pulling the Gentiles into uh, the kingdom of God and into the family of God. And, and he's saying, you know, we thought we understood all of this. But then he goes right here, he says, look, God had a bigger plan. It was bigger than all of us could see. We didn't even understand what was going on. And then he releases this verse, Romans eleven thirty three, All oh, the depth of the riches... Both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable unfathom, his ways. 
Aren't you glad you're not preaching and had to say that word today? Unfathomable. And glory to God. So he says, and, and this is what Paul's saying. Oh my goodness. The riches and the depths of God's wisdom. Oh, how mighty and majestic is his, the riches of his wisdom. How deep does it go and how wide is his wisdom? He's worshiping right here. He's worshiping God going, God, your wisdom is so deep and so wide. It's unsearchable. It's so big. Then he says this, for who has known the mind of the Lord or who became his counselor? How many of y'all know when we're praying for something, specifically when we need something, we start praying over it. All of a sudden we start praying like this. Now, Lord, you know that I'm going through this and I need this. And you know that by this date I need this and this and that and everything else. Like God needs a counselor on how to love us. Don't raise your hand if you've done it, but I imagine it would be all us, <laughs> all y'all, including me, all y'all being me too. Amen. And it's like we try to give our counsel to the Lord yeah. and we try to tell him how to love on us. Yeah. Do you realize that the Lord loves you so much with an everlasting love and his love is so deep and so wide that you can't understand it? And now we're going to pridefully try to go and tell him how to love on us. Right. That's the way I feel. Uh. And you can see how all of a sudden we can be in prayer and our prayer almost instantly disqualified because we disqualified the character and nature of the one who's given it. So right in that moment we say, oh, you don't see it enough. Let me explain it to you, Lord. Like we're back on the Lucy and Ricky show, you know. <laughs> Let me explain something to you, Father. No, that's like, like I don't even like joking about it almost, you know. And, but that's the way we pray. Now, Lord, you know I need this. But God knows. The hairs on your head are numbered. Every sparrow, every one that falls to the ground, he knows it all. Not only that. But he cares about you in such a way. He cares about you in such a way that your needs do not escape his eyes. We should not let his character, his loving character, escape ours. We should not allow the nature of his majesty, the nature of his mighty nature... Escape our heart. Right. Oh God, you know. He knows before you even ask. But yet, don't we in our prayers try to help him along sometimes? <laughs> like he needs it. Don't we? Yeah, we don't want to say it right now, but it's true. Everybody's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I know. I, and I know, how do I, how do I know? How am I preaching this? Because I never did it. Please. I did it too. I probably do it more than I think. All right. So look at this. Paul's going, all the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgment and unfathomable his ways. 
I found that when I get to the unfathomable, if I just go blah, 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 several times, it sounds right. <laughs> unfathomable, blah, blah, blah. If I say it two or three times, say it real fast and move on to the next word, everybody be like, did he get that wrong? I don't know. Right. Verse 34. For he, for who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become his counselor, or who has given to him that it might be paid back to him again? In other words, who, who is big enough to have that kind of influence in that way to affect the counsel and the knowledge of the Lord? You can't even search his depths and the widths of his wisdom. You can't even search it. You can't even find it. And who's going to be big enough to tell him something he doesn't know? And who's going to love more than God loves us? It's not possible. Not possible. Verse 36. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I was slow. I need to work on my grasshopper skills. So, how many people need something from the Lord? Everybody's like, I don't know where we're going with this now. I'm not sure if I ever should raise my hand again. I need something from the Lord constantly. And when I get what I need, I need more things. Not because I'm greedy, but because we're complete in a mission. We're completing a vision. And, and, you know, even if all of our personal needs are met, I need big things to happen for a big vision that takes the kingdom of God around the world. We need big things. Even if we receive everything for our own personal selves and our family, you know, how many, how many of y'all would like to say that, hey, I just paid off, I just bought the whole church building and paid it off? Well, if the Lord would give it to you, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Well, that's just the beginning. It's already been prophesied other buildings out here. Not only that, but there's stuff we got to do around the world. There's vision that God's given us. And what does it take to go do those things? Money, stuff. It takes people that will do the work as well. You know, it takes laborers. It It takes stuff. So even if every need was met right now today, next week, by next week, I'm going to have some need of other things. Why? Because if it's available in God, I'm going to go after it. I'm going to put my faith on it to go after it. But a lot of people that you will find, they're not even thinking about God yet. They're just thinking about themselves and their own household. And, and, and it's true. And that's the first place that it starts. Because how are you going to move in every good work, unless you have an abundance and an overflow in your own life, right? So a lot of times we start with ourselves, but then very quickly it starts to become bigger than just us, our family, and our household. But how many people could use something? All of us. All of us could use something in our lives. Now here's the thing. If God's wisdom and his depths are so big, how can we know exactly what we need without having the big picture and all the wisdom that God has. Because you could actually be desiring the very thing that would hurt you the most. You could actually be desiring the very thing that would take you to hell. 
You could be desiring the very thing that would destroy your life and your family. Uh, Richard, uh, Dr. Richard, a couple of weeks ago, he talked about a story about a guy, a friend of his, and he said he went and he got this big uh, job offer, and he went to the job offer and, and he, he warned him. He said he thought that's what he wanted. He was going to make a lot more money. And uh, he said, so is it about money or about God? You don't need to leave this place. Your family's doing well. You're growing. You're doing everything. He was talking about leaving a church. And all of a sudden, he said he went and took the job and his life fell apart. Yeah. He and his wife got divorced. His kids were hooked on drugs, everything. So what he thought he needed, he didn't need at all. But it looked good. He would have even said that, hey, this is the blessing of God. This is God promoting. But it wasn't at all. It was a trap. So see, what happens is a lot of times we have needs that we want. But the problem is we have limited wisdom and we don't see the big picture. But praise God, we've got a Father who loves us. Praise God, we've got a Father who does see the big picture. Praise God, we've got a Father who knows exactly what we need, when we need, and He knows how to get it. And we can tap into, because we don't know everything that God knows, but He does give us this promise that we can have the mind of Christ. God will tell us what we need to know, when we need to know it. He will show it to us, and He will give these things to our lives. He'll give us exactly what we need. And, but the problem is, we don't trust God. That went over exactly how I thought it would go over. <laughs> I'd just be here sipping my tea. That's one of my favorite memes. What is it, Kermit the Frog that's sipping his tea? So a lot of times, we think we know what we need, and we don't. Well, what does that mean? That means that one of the things that we ought to be willing to, we can, you know, we say that we trust God. But when he doesn't give us what we want, when we want it, we just kind of implode. Blow up. Let Facebook know about it because Facebook can fix it, right? (laughs) All of a sudden we blow up. We let it go. Or we just fuss and rant and rave. And what's really going on is our lack of trust in God is manifesting. I don't know why he had me on this, but I had a really good message (laughs) laid out. You can see it. It's on the back of your handout. There's notes there that's going to be really good whenever I preach that. But he said, go to Romans 11 and talk about that. Is it ministering to anybody already? Amen. So many times we think we know what we need and we don't have a clue what we need. All we're longing for and praying for is ice cream all the time in our lives. Spiritual ice cream. Circus peanuts. They are good. That's why I mentioned them. All we want is the junk food. Spiritual junk food. And that's what we're praying over. But see, when we start to trust that God really is who He says He is, He loves us that much, and He has those reserves and resources, and He has the power and the wisdom and the love, don't you know that if I will lay myself in the hands of a loving Father, He will get to me what I need, when I need, and He'll do it right on time. Yep. Right every time. 
I can't tell you how many times since we learned this principle, we've laid our hands in the lives of the Father, and He's just delivered us right through every bit of it. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. We just had to learn how to trust Him. And see, and here's the issue though, in the middle of that, it can look like your world is falling apart. And that's when the devil comes and puts pressure on you the most. When it looks like, he likes to pile on. So we're kind of talking about attacks too. He doesn't wait till everything's going good and just do a little dinky attack. Dink. Oh, Go on, devil. No, 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 no. He likes to hit you with one, hit you with another one from the back, hit you another one from the side, flank you here, flank you there. And while you're all down there, let's throw an elbow in too. I mean, that's the way he likes to do it. He tries to overwhelm you. He tries to, he tries to get you in that place. And so, but here's the thing. When you start to recognize and realize that God is who he says he is, then you start to trust him even in the midst of that. And you say, no worries, no problems. It's going to be okay. Because I have a father that loves me with a depth and a wealth of his love so deep that I will not exhaust it. And I trust him to get to me what I need. Now that doesn't mean that I'm not doing my part. It just means that I'm trusting him. And I'm being obedient to what he has told me to do. I'm doing what he's told me to do. But here's my, here's my, here's my action. I'm hearing from him and I'm going to be obedient to whatever whisper he whispers. Whatever thing he says. If he says, if I'm down to my last dollar and he says, give it, I'm giving it. If, if I'm down to this place and it looks like all hell is breaking loose around me and, and the, the storms of life are raging trying to take my life, but God says stand fast, I'll stand fast. Amen. See, this is trusting in God and this is, this is what creates giant killers. This is what creates the kind of people that the devil cannot scare off. This is what creates the kind of people who are overcomers, who are more than conquerors. This is the kind of people that will walk like Jesus walked on this earth. But you've got to learn how to have that resolve and know that God sees every detail of it. He sees every part and every, every partial of every plan. And God says, I, I saw somebody the other day, uh, who was it that was telling me? They were talking, to, they were talking about, uh, oh, I think it was... Uh, Teddy, yeah, Teddy was talking on one of his shows. He had gotten all of his work done, Teddy Shuttlesworth, and uh, he had gotten a bunch of work done, been working for hours, and he forgot to hit the save button. And all of a sudden, like the power blinked or something, and the work went, hours of work, hours and hours of work. And and I was like, oh, because I know that feeling. It is not fun if you've ever done a lot of work on the computer. I was like, man, I hated hearing, it, it, it hurt me hearing the story. It wasn't even me. And then all of a sudden, he said, How, what are you frustrated about? God said it to him. He said, because I did all that work and it failed to nothing. 
He said, this is exactly what I do to the devil. I let him get all his work done, put it all in, because he's not omnipotent. He has limited supplies and resources. So I let him waste all his resources trying to make a plan happen, and at the last moment, I just pull the power on him. I love making him frustrated is what the Lord told him. I love making the devil frustrated. See, you got to understand that this is the best way to operate in the kingdom. Let the devil think he's going to win. Yep. Ha, 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 If they would have known, the word says, if they would have known what would have happened, they would have never killed the king of glory. Right at the last moment. The Lord pulled the power plug on Satan's grand master plan. And if his grand master plan against Jesus, the Savior, the Son of God, wouldn't work, his, his master plan against you doesn't stand a chance. And that's when you start to learn, oh, God's got something for him. I just have to listen because I might not know everything that's going on. I might not can see the big picture. But I have a loving father who does. Yes. I have a loving father who sees every detail of it. I have a loving father who said to me that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I have a loving father that says no evil will befall me. No plague will come near my dwelling. I have a loving father that says every fiery dart will be quenched. I have a loving father that says I won't remove you from this world, but I'll keep you from the evil one. Ooh, man, I got a loving father who loves me and he loves you and he loves you and he loves you and you and you and you. Everyone here in this message, he loves you. He sees it all. And at the right minute, he'll just pull the string and the whole thing will unravel. And you'll walk out the other side and people say, how did you stand like that? Because I know my father. I know his love. And you walk out the other side saying, look at that. God is so good. He is so glorious. He's so good. That's your daddy. That's your father. He loves you. He sees it all. And he will not leave you. You know he said this about Jesus. He won't leave his holy one to undergo decay. He will not allow decay in your life. The question is, will you let decay happen in your life? And see, when we think we know something and we start trying to tell God and start trying to counsel him, we actually step ourselves into the place of decay. Instead of backing up and saying, Lord, what's your plan? And no matter what it is, whether I like it, don't like it, feels weird, don't understand it, do understand it, I will trust you because I trust your love. I trust your love. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hey, hey, hey. Sutra mokabos. Bein saman mayancho do belekanamos be ancho o o reme. I trust your plan, Father doesn't matter who I am or where I am. I can be, we were talking the other day, it doesn't matter if I'm sleeping in my bed or if I'm in a war country. If God's told me to be there, then that's the safest place for me to be. 
A, war, a country of war and me right in the middle of it with bullets flying around me can be more safe than me laying in my bed in America. You know why? Because the Lord told me to go. You have to understand that if the Lord puts his word on anything, then there is provision to take you through that thing. That's why they could go from one side of the lake to the other, even through a death storm, because the Lord had told them, go to the other side. And in that word, go to the other side, was all the provision to get there. And if a storm wants to try and come up, that's just fine, but it cannot stand. The Lord sees the string to unravel the whole thing. And in this term, it was just Jesus standing up as a child of God saying, peace, be still. And all of a sudden, the whole thing unraveled. So much so that the disciples went back and went, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the waves listened to him. He, he was not just a man. That's the thing. He was a child of God who has a loving father and a loving daddy. See, the things that we need are not always what we need. But here's the key. If we will basically just turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I know that you see all, you know all, and I know that you love me with everything that you have. I know that you love me. What we can know is this, is that what I actually do need, God will get to me. And that will draw me out. What I do need. God will get to me. Doesn't matter what's going on, what the bank account says, what the doctor says, it makes no difference. What anybody says, what I do need, if I will open up my ears to the Lord, I will hear from heaven and I will be obedient to what he says, what I need, he'll get it to me. And guess what? He will then be the builder of the house, not me, and that house will stand. Many times we're trying to build business, businesses, build our family, build everything on the plans that a corrupted world taught us and ways that they taught us to do. And what we really need to be doing is we need to be saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And a lot of times it looks illogical, it looks different, but it's exactly where we need to be. And if we trust him that he knows everything and that he loves us in everything, then all of a sudden we'll be obedient to those things. And it will look illogical. Tell you a couple of stories about that. One story, uh, some of y'all have heard this, some of, some of you haven't. It's been a long time since I've told it. But one of the, at one point, the Lord actually, uh, we, were, we got married and we moved down to some family land in Poketon from Greensboro. That was culture shock. And... Uh, that was a little different. <laughs> Everybody smiling, nose poking, right? And uh, I was like, man, they rolled the streets up at 9, 9 p.m. It's like, what in the world? One time we were working hard one day and uh, we were ready to go eat. We we're like, well, we'll just work through till dark time and then we'll go get something to eat. And uh, it got about 9 o'clock. We went to go get, find something to eat. We couldn't find nothing to eat. Everything was closed. We're like, we're not in Greensboro anymore. And uh, everything had changed, you know. 
But anyway, we went from there, and eventually I bought, uh, uh, I was working for my dad. He had a chemical company. I ended up buying that company from him, and in the process of buying that company, uh, eventually after a few years, we moved up to Albemarle because the Lord told us to move here, and we knew that we'd probably be in ministry. We moved up here, and now did we know everything? No. Had we, did, could we see everything? No. We just knew that he told us to move here, so we did. He sent us up here and, and so we went and we trusted him because we didn't know everything that we needed to know nor did we know everything that we were going to face. We didn't. We get up here and uh, we bought a house uh, up here and then all of a sudden about two years later he started dealing with us to sell the company. Well, I don't want to sell the company. Brian didn't want to sell the company. That was my dad's company. I wanted to make that company something big and make my dad proud, you know. I wanted to do this. Well, who taught me to do that? Well, you can say that the Lord did, but I would say it was more flesh that was driving that than it was the Lord. Because he was telling me to sell it. <laughs> so that makes that real easy. And, uh, but anyway, then he says, he says, sell the company. Well, here's the problem with that. Based off of what that company brings in, that's how we bought our house. We're like two years into our mortgage. That's not a long time. Trust me, if I stopped paying the mortgage, they would not let us keep it. <laughs> I got a good feeling about that. I felt for pretty secure about that, didn't you? And we had also just bought a new car. So now, when the Lord says sell the company, here's the other thing. I'd only worked for my dad and myself my whole adult life. I mean, I'd been in the military, been in the Marines. But what am I going to put down on a resume? I worked for myself. Call me for a reference. <laughs> that don't work too good. Just call me. I'll tell you how good I am. That's not how it works. And Nicole, she had, she, her resume looked about the same. She had worked for us. <laughs> what skills do you have? Well, I feel like I can do anything I set my mind to, but I've got to convince somebody else of that, right? Because just because I think it doesn't mean somebody else thinks, oh, oh, here you go, here's $40,000 a year or whatever it is. No, no, they don't care. So then the Lord says, sell it. Well, in saying sell it, he, he's basically saying, here's your house, here's your car, and it goes bye-bye if you don't have income to replace it. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, then, all right, he's told us to sell it. Well, we knew that, that God told us to sell it. We knew 100% that the Lord told us to sell it. So I was doing announcements at church. I stepped up and I said, I'm going to say it out loud, I told Nicole. I'm going to say it in front of everybody so I can't go back on it. <laughs> and so during announcements, I said, and the Lord's told us to sell our business and blah, 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 blah. And uh, I was like, oh, my goodness. And I get down after the announcements. I'm like, did I just say that? Oh, gracious. And for, now I've got to hold to my word. And, and so, but that's why I did it, because we didn't want to backtrack on what the Lord had told us to do. You want to honor what the Lord's told you to do and not back off of it. So that's why I said it publicly. That way it'd, it'd be my reputation on the line if I backtracked, right? I'll, it's good to put our reputation on the line. So then 
we go to sell the company, and uh, I was going to sell the company for, um, let's see how to say this. There was, there's a figure in business that I'd heard of that you basically sell a company for. You value it, and then you multiply it a certain number of times. And uh, so I was going to sell it for that amount. And that amount would basically give us approximately four to five years worth of income. We could either start another company or uh, we could find something to do within that period of time. And so I said, okay, we're going to sell it for this. But if it doesn't work, you know, or something like that, then it will be stuck. Well, very shortly after that, the Lord says, I don't want you to sell it for that. Now, I've already given my word i got to sell the company, but now the Lord says, I don't want you to sell it for it. Now, what am I thinking? I need to sell it for this, Lord. Like, now I'm counseling him. I need to sell it for this. But see, the Lord knows everything, sees everything, and he knows where you need to get. He also knows what you need to sow into the ground so that you'll have a harvest later on as well. And so I said, Lord, I, you know, I'll, I'll just tell you figures because it'll make it easier. So uh, the value, it wasn't a big company, but I wanted to sell it for $250,000. I was willing to sell it for $200,000 at that point. And uh, that seems like a lot of money, but when you're in business, that's not really a lot of money, is it? No. And so it, it's one of those things where it was enough to give us a few years worth of living. And uh, what we would have probably done is tried to pay off the house with that and uh, then squeak by till we got a job that would pay for other things. But we were just seeking the Lord and seeing. But then the Lord says, I don't want you to sell it for that. I'm like, okay, 200. I'd already come up with that in my mind. I was good. <laughs> okay, 200 then. He said, no. I was like, Lord. He said, I don't want you to sell it for that. I want you to sell it. He said, he, he didn't say I want you to. He said, would you sell it for half of that, 100,000? Well, when's the last time you made a $100,000 decision to give away just like that? Would you sell it for half of that? Jesus, I need to pray. <laughs> I need to pray. <laughs> it's like, I, can you imagine Jesus going like, what are you going to pray about? I'm the one who told you. <laughs> I'm the one who told you to do it. I need to get my heart right. Because <laughs> this took me a while to swallow that. My flesh didn't like it. But see, God sees everything. He knows everything. So then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, he says this. I say, okay, I would, I'll sell it for 100000 Okay. It wasn't, I don't know how long, it was not long after that. He said, would you sell it for half of that? For 50000 50000 Like that's a fifth of what it's worth. A fifth. Like, I mean, a 50000 is a nice chunk of change to have it. Unless you've got a house and a brand new car. And two babies. And no job. <laughs> and no savings. 
then it goes pretty quickly. But I knew it was him. We knew it was the Lord. We knew it was him. We said, okay, all right, Lord, well, you know everything. And this is where, this is where we really learned that if God's asking you for something, he's asking you to open up an opportunity. He's never going to ask you. His love, let me put it this way, his love demands that if he asks you for anything, that it be opportunity. His love demands it. His love says, I can't ask you for something and not repay. This, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. He says, look, if I'm asking you for something, if you are honoring me, I will honor you. And we talked about this morning at prayer. And, and if God's honoring you, it's not fair. Your honor doesn't even compare to God's honor. The weight of his honor coming back to you does not compare to the weight that you gave to him. He's that big. He's that good. He's that loving. And we knew this was God. And we learned, hey, if God's asking us for something, then it's an opportunity. I've got to learn how to trust his love. I've got to learn how to trust in, in him and what he's asking. And I've got, we've got to learn how to give those things up well and with a right heart, a willing and obedient heart. Not just obedient, not just willing. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And so I'm like, man, $50,000, what would we do with that? At that point, we're not paying off anything. We're just putting it in the bank to live until we can get a job. But are we going to be able to get a job that will pay enough to keep paying the mortgage and the car? I don't know. I'm assuming so if God's asking. But as far as logic goes, who knows? Who knows? So then all of a sudden... Uh, I said, okay, we, we agreed, yes, Lord, we would, we'll sell it for $50,000. How many know that's not the end of the story? <laughs> You're well aware. But I had agreement, I had agreement with a, with a brother in the Lord and uh, that we were going to sell it for $50,000 and some stuff happened and basically that agreement fell through. He still wanted to buy it, but he didn't have, he didn't have it coming from the way that he thought. And at that point, it wasn't him asking. The Lord came back to me again. Because we were talking about getting a lump sum and at least dropping some of our debt, you know, doing something. Maybe pay off the debt, reduce that. And the Lord says this. He says... I want you to finance it to him. I want you to finance. Well, financing $50,000 is not that much money. And what we ended up on was, all right, we'll, do fin- we'll finance it for uh, 48 months, $1,000 a month, and $5,000 up front. All right, now this is down from $250,000. Cut it in half, cut it in half, now finance it. And now all the, huh? I said, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more, yeah. <laughs> and, and so then, then the Lord says, he says, I want you to find it. You got to understand, my mortgage was more than that $1,000. That don't even pay the mortgage. Yep. That doesn't even pay the mortgage. 
regardless of food, gas, car. And, and so in making this decision to sell it and be obedient in the world's logic, house, gone. Car, gone. Living, I don't, I mean, gone. Until we get a job, gone. But how many know there's a God whose depths of his wisdom, how unsearchable is the depths and the riches of his wisdom? How much does he love you? Before I finish, go, go quickly over to James chapter 1, verse 17, and let's just look at his love. God is love. God is love. And you know, over in uh, 1 John it says this, that perfect love casts out all fear. You see, when you get a revelation of the love of God, it starts driving fear out of you. And all of a sudden you start to realize if God's asking me for this and I know, I know that I know that it's God, I don't have a place to fear because I know He'll handle it. I know that His love and His wisdom is deeper than I could ever imagine. And I start seeing uh, fear driven out of me because I've gotten a revelation of His love. Because in James 1 17, it says, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. This is a picture of his love coming down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shifting shadow. In other words, God's saying this, my love is so pure and so perfect towards you, it will never shift. It will never vary by one degree. My love is so pure and perfect towards you, it will never change. It will never change. My love will never change for you. No matter what you face, no matter where you're at, my love will never change for you. There's zero variation in his love towards you. It doesn't matter if he's asking you to give up hundreds of thousands of dollars. It doesn't matter if, if he's saying, look, you are wanting this, but I've got something better for you. Just go after me and I will show you that better place. But you're going to have to trust me. And if you'll trust me, my love will start to come in and it'll kick out that fear that'll hold you back from trusting me. It'll kick out that fear of that worldly logic. It'll kick it out when you accept me and receive Receive my love. My love will, will cast out all fear. That's why there is no fear in love. Because once you get inside of him and operate inside of him for real, fear's got no place because he's so real. His love is so real. His wisdom is so real to you. I can't fear. I can't fear. I can't. Because I've got a revelation of who he is. I've got a revelation. All of a sudden you start, you stop trying to piece things together the way the world has and you start trying to piece things together the way God has. And you say, all right, Lord, you'll teach me. So when you start getting this revelation, this is one of the biggest, this story that I'm telling you is one of the biggest ways that God taught me about his love. And it, and it was just this. God said, I got something for you no matter what you see or how you feel or what it looks like. You just got to trust me. Well, about that time, we came up to the sale date when everything turns over and I'm, we're facing it like if we don't get a job and we don't have some major miracles happen, we're sunk already. You know, most logical people will say, no, deal's off. Logical. 
But see, there's a logic that's higher than the world's logic. And that's tapping into a father who loves us, who desires the best for our lives, who's not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly, from the father who loves us with an everlasting love, whose wisdom is unsearchable, unfathomable, and, and his wisdom is so deep. You start tapping into him. That's a higher logic. That's a logic that says, all right, I can pay attention to that. Now, I'm going to give you this. You better make sure it's God. You better make sure it's God. And that's what you got pastors for. You better make sure it's God. Because if you step out into something and it ain't God, well, that was a long drop. I like them. They were nice. I wish they were still here. Make sure it's God. Make sure it's him. You've got the word. You've got gifts given to you to help figure those things out and make sure that, hey, is this the Lord or not? You want to find people that will love on you and tell you the truth. Not make you feel good or your flesh feel good. So anyway, we, we were, had made sure it was God. And then he says this, we come up to the sale date and at the sale date, you remember the 5,000 down and then the rest of the payments? Well, the 5,000 down wasn't there. No money. And the Lord says, I want you to sell it. I want you to just do the monthly payments. And I want you to not start the payments for three months to give them time to get seated in it. So now, no money up front. $1,000 a month doesn't even pay it for four years. Then it's gone. And I don't even want you getting one of those payments for three months. This is a step of faith. We talked about it. We prayed about it. Who's heard this story before? Yeah, not in this detail. Not all of you. Less than what I thought. I hadn't told it in a while, obviously. So then all of a sudden, we pray about it. We seek the Lord. We make sure we're hearing from the Lord. Yep, there's the Lord. Okay, let's do it. We step in. We step into this. I start, I start training the person on how to do what it is. They start receiving their invoice checks. I stop receiving invoice checks. <laughs> Glory to God. Three months is coming up real quick. Nicole gets a part-time job. I think it was paying 11 bucks an hour. Is that right? That ain't going to do it. <laughs> that ain't going to do it. Not only that, it was part-time through a temp agency. That ain't going to do it. Not in the logic. But how many people know God's bigger than our logic. And we've got to learn how to trust Him. We don't know what we need, but God knows what we need. God knew what we needed. He needed us to get up here. That company allowed us to get up here. Then once we got up here, we needed to not have that company. He knew that. We needed other things. Why? Because what we didn't know was before too long we'd be starting a church. Yep. Praise God. 
And I needed to be free. I needed to have the time. I needed to have stuff ready and available. Amen. Y'all can amen. You can clap. You can hoop, holler. You can run around the building. You're not going to scare me. I like it. I might run with you. Glory to God. (laughs) The other day at the revival meetings, man, running hit Paul. He went, woo, woo, woo. And then he got right here. And there was like four bodies laid out. And he he jumped them. (laughs) And then he had bodies over there, this. And then he was like, woo. And I don't know how he did it. It was the Holy Ghost laid that seat over. And he didn't end up out there, you know, (laughs) or through the wall. Holy Ghost. (laughs) But when he took off running, man, the power of it hit me. I went, glory to God. And had I not already been prayed for, I'd have probably run with you. But I was already like, oh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. So now we don't have 250,000 coming in. We don't have 200 coming in. We don't have 100,000 coming in. We don't have 50,000 coming in. We don't have 48,000 and a $5,000 deposit coming in. We, we got 48,000 that I'm now, we are now, Financing, We won't get paid on for three months and nothing down. In the logic, we're in the jam. And I'm going to tell you, right then, there's a whole lot of people like in your family said, I'm uncoupling from that. (laughs) Y'all crazy. (laughs) Y'all have lost your mind. People, they told us later, they said, we thought you had lost your mind. We thought you'd, you'd lost it. But then what they said, this was years later, you know, because it's easy to be armchair quarterback faith. (laughs) 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 Years later, they said, but we see now that you knew exactly what you were doing and God had you the whole time. Because her little job that was the temp agency turned into the very first week. The very first week, the lady says, I'm going to train you to replace me. I'm going to train you to replace me. Not not qualified. I'm going to teach you what to do. Well, that's great, but what does that mean financially? I mean, if it's $20,000 a year, (laughs) whoop-de-doo. Like, we need it to be something. We hope like I was hoping it might be 36. If we could get 36 financially, we might be able to make it logically. Maybe. We're just being obedient. God knows better than we know. We're just we're we're not armchair quarterback in faith. We're actually applying faith. We're trusting you, Lord. We're trusting you. You've got a plan. You can see more. And your love demands to provide the opportunity when I'm obedient. In obedience comes the blessing of God. If you'll be obedient, then the blessing comes in. And listen, here's the thing. A lot of people think that now that Jesus has come, that you don't have to be obedient anymore because he was obedient for you and you get blessed because of that. 
You misunderstand. Obedience is absolutely still required. Otherwise it wouldn't say that God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man reaps, that shall he also, that whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You, what happens is through Jesus, he bought and paid for everything. You now have a supernatural grace yep. and power yep. to be obedient when it looks like you can't. When it looks like you can't, all of a sudden you can say, Lord, I need grace. I need some empowerment right now to say no to what I need to say no to. I need some empowerment to say yes to what I can say yes. I need some empowerment when everybody thinks they're uncoupling from us because they think we're crazy. I need some empowerment for us to stand on your word because in your word is every provision. You know more than us. You know what's going on. You know what needs to happen and what doesn't need to happen. You know what we need and what we don't need. You know what income is there and what's not and I was sitting out back and all this stuff's going on in my head I'm sitting out on the back corner of my of uh, the lot and I'm sitting there and the wind was blowing that day and I'm telling you I was watching over the field it was a wheat field and the wind was blowing weird that day and I would see almost like fingers dipping down in the wheat it was almost like these uh, um, groups of angels were like flying over this whole field and like every now and then they dip down because in the wheat it wouldn't just the wind wouldn't just blow like one big uh, dip in there it was like there'd be 20 individual ones doing like this and flying all over that's the way it looked I, mean, I don't know that that was what it happened that's the way it looked to me I'm sitting there going like this and the Lord speaks to me he says I and he's talking about the home and the house I have given you this place for many years. How many people know when you receive a word, he said man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every word has the life of God in it. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In that word was life, and he was the life, and the light of men. In that word is every bit of life that we need. Every bit. He says, I've given you this place for many years. I knew at that moment we had heard from the Lord and it didn't matter what details had to get worked out. This was our place. This house, this land, it was our place. He'd given it to us for many years. It's his job to work out the details. My work is to believe. This verse we read a couple weeks ago. My work, this is the work that you believe. That you believe. That's my work. I just need to believe on him. So all of a sudden, the lady says, I'm training you to take my job. Well, that's, that's great. How much does it pay? When does it take place? Because if it don't take place in three months, that ain't worth too much. We head into month one, finance is okay. Month two, finance is all right. Month three, eh, starting to go down now. It comes up to the day that I turn over the business, the very same week, like the day it happened. She calls me a day before that. She says, they're getting ready to offer me this position. I was like, glory to God. Talk about right on time. God is right on time. He's never late. He's never early. He's right 
own time. And when you trust Him and you see Him for who He is, it casts every bit of fear out of you. I'm driving down the road. She's going to get an offer tomorrow, right? She's going to get an offer tomorrow. I'm driving down the road. I'm talking to the Lord. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost because that's what you do when you don't know what else to do. And I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. And about that time, the Lord speaks to me and He says, What do you want in that offer? I was thinking, well, if it was 36, that'd be awesome. But that's not really what I want. He said, what do you want? I was like, Lord. God, if it was if it was 50,000 a year, like I feel like I would do some backflips, you know. He said, ask me for it. I've only had the Lord say, ask me for something twice. This time I did it wrong. It's still good, but I did it wrong. But I learned something. He said, ask me for it. I said, oh, Father. I said, I ask you. Now, now I want you to watch something. How, why am I at the point where the Lord's now saying, ask me? Because of obedience and faith to do something that was illogical that he was leading to do. Now, just go out there and do illogical does not you know, mandate God to start asking you what you want. <laughs> Doing something illogical because God asked you. That's a big condition on that because he actually was in it, right? A lot of people do illogical stuff, but God never was in it and he never asked them to. But I'm getting asked this question from a loving father. Ask me for it because we were obedient in faith. All of a sudden I'm driving. I said, Lord, I'm asking you right now, let that offer be 50000 You know, and right at that moment I'm thinking, man, if this doesn't happen, I'm going to be disappointed. And did I even hear from the Lord right? And I'm just, I don't want to be disappointed in this. I don't want to get my hopes up and it not be. This is all doubt. This is all stuff coming in trying to attack my, my faith. This is the flesh. This is the, the battlefield of the mind. But I said, no, you told me to ask. I'm asking you for 50000 on that offer tomorrow when it comes in. And I praise you for it in advance right now. Your word says pray. It says pray. And then it, it says with supplication and thanksgiving in Philippians 4. That means that I worship him. I let my request be made known unto God. But I do it with thanksgiving right from the beginning. Like not when I see it. I do it as I pray knowing that it shall be done. I started thanking him, giving him the glory for it. All of a sudden we go home. I told her about it that day. The next day, the offer comes in, $50,400. The day my other income dropped off, the day that came in. Literally, the week that one dropped off, the other one came up and started getting paid on that. Then we go on. Turns out her job kept going up. Now, I don't have the restrictions of that company. I can start moving towards the ministry that he has. Not only that, but we have the finances to do it. Because the first four years, Boomerang didn't pay Brian anything. You know, no salary during that period of time. It took that, it took, y'all remember those days. It took that provision on something that made no logical sense in order to found what you're sitting in today. 
And that comes, now think about that, think about that, multiplied times every person sitting in here. What do we have available to us if all of us walk that way? Because yes, this helped advance the kingdom of God, but listen, it helped our family be blessed more than we had ever been blessed before too. And we're just beginning. We're just starting. See, it doesn't, God doesn't just give only for his kingdom also, only. He wants to give to you and the overflow be residual in your house. Where the overflow in your house constantly is there. The overflow constantly is there. And you got to understand all of this was a buildup of probably two years from when he started telling me to sell it. It took a while to get to the place where the transfer happened. Right. A lot of times people hear the word, but then they move too soon. They're not patient. With faith, Hebrews 6, 12, with faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. We do it God's way, and we trust him in that. Lord, your way, you're the one whose wisdom is unsearchable. You're the one who's unfathomable in your Wisdom and knowledge. You're the one and you love me with a love that is hard for me even to understand. But with my spirit, I get it. I get it. And what I want and what I think I need and what I desire might not be what I need. But you know what I need. Here's what I do. I give myself to you, Lord. I give myself to you. I give myself to your ways. I will honor you even if I don't see the need right away. I will keep going after you because I trust you. And your love is sound. And it will not fail me. And I will see the salvation of the Lord. In my finances, I'll see salvation in my home. I'll see it in my health. I'll see God's love poured out. Amen. Amen. So the moral of the story is just because we think we need something doesn't mean that we actually need it. But God sees everything that we need and he's not withholding anything. Not withholding any good thing if we'll walk uprightly. Uprightly means we put our lives in his hands. Lord, you know what I need. I ask you for it and I'll follow you and I'll be obedient and we will see the things of God poured out in our lives. We will see the supernatural. Her job, she wasn't even supposed to get it. She wasn't even qualified for it. They were supposed to have a degree. You can't get her job today without a degree. She didn't have a degree. God opened up that door supernaturally. And then they paid for her to get a degree. This is the way that God does things. He does it to the full till it overflows. That's how he pours out life. And his life is in his word. So now how important does it become for us to start hearing his word? Because if we can hear his word, if we can hear his word and know that it's him, then all of a sudden we can start stepping life after life after life, every step brighter and brighter 
as the noonday sun. Every step of our life can get brighter and brighter. This is, this is Scripture. In Psalms it says that every step should get brighter and brighter as the noonday sun. You know how you do that? You give yourself to the Lord over what you need or what you think you need. You give yourself to the Lord and say, Lord, I'll plant myself in a body of believers. Lord, I will give myself to you. Lord, whatever you want me to do, I will do. Lord, I will be who you've called me to be. I won't make excuses for it and I will not give up. I won't let fear or thoughts uh, train wreck your plan, but I'll go after you with everything that I have. I'll listen to you and I'll be obedient. And now let me tell you something about the Lord. Many times in his ways, what you think you ought to do, it ain't. He said, those of you who would be first will be last. And last will be first. A lot of times the kingdom of God is flipped on the head of worldly corrupted logic. When he says you want to get up to higher levels in your finances, you don't receive, you give. How can you increase by giving? Because it's a biblical principle. <clears throat> when you want to move into the place like us, you listen to, to him when he tells you to do something illogical. You listen when you know it's God. He told us this. He said, look, don't forsake the assembling together of the saints. We've got to make sure that we are plugged in. That's honoring God. That's honoring God. And plugged in doesn't just mean here. It means that you let the word change you and you get on board with a vision and a mission. You get on board with something that's bigger than yourself. You're never going to rise to bigger levels outside of yourself if you don't get on board with a vision that's bigger than yourself. It doesn't happen. You make the things that are important to God important to you. You want me to tell you what's important to God? Souls. In this time, in this age, it's all about souls. Everything that we do, even discipleship, it's all about souls. We could be discipled better in heaven than we are here. Why don't we go there? Because there's people that are lost and going to hell and God's heart, it cries souls all day long, all night long. I'm looking for people that won't be lost. That means we back it with our time, our effort, our resources. We get on track with these things. God's given us a mission in this region to change the region and take it higher. As you get up in this place to change homes, to change marriages, as you get get up inside of a vision and take part of that, all of a sudden bigger things will take part of your heart and you will be who God's called you to be. And they'll be just like we had. They'll be residual. It'll start overflowing over into your life too. But you've got to stop putting you first and start putting Him first. It's all about Him. It's about being obedient to things He's already told us to do. But we just got to make it real. I'm talking to a bunch of people. Some of you are, fair, are fairly new here, but a lot of you, you've been here. You've been a part as we started the Boom Fest and the Victory Nights, and you've seen the outreaches and the people and the miracles and the healing. You've seen these things start to take place. But now it's time, even if you're new, where God's saying, I, you are supposed to be a part of something bigger, and I'm calling you to be a part of something bigger. You've known it all your life. You've been 
been sitting on the sidelines and it's time to get in the game. And if you've been in the game, it's time to step it up and be captains, to be leaders that I've called you to be. Stop sitting on the sideline. Stop saying, well, that's enough to win the game. Let's not win a game. Let's destroy the works of the enemy. Amen? That's where we're at. That's where we're at. And you get in that kind of thing and all of a sudden you'll see the things of the world and the problems of the world start to be just completely eradicated. Think, come here, Kendall. Things like black and white where everybody else is fussing. Man, we got some of the biggest love in, in here that we can have. Man, I love this man and his family. I love them. And they walked in here, and we were like family from day one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. And man, and it's just going up from that place. See, the love of God can do more. Where the world, look, if the world can fix it, they would have already fixed it. It's not in the programs. It's not in that. It's in the love of Christ. That's where it's at. Thank you, man. That's where it's at. And it starts to fix all that stuff. There's nothing. Nothing that the power and the love of God can't fix. There's nothing. 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 Anything you've ever worried over, anything that you've ever fretted over in Christ, it can be fixed like that. And even if what you think you need doesn't come right away, I've never seen it take longer Never seen it take longer than what a person could handle. It generally has to do with them putting down their flesh and just saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Because 1 Corinthians 10, 13, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that there's no temptation. Put that up, please. There's no temptation given unto man. There's nothing you're going to face. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. In other words, there's nothing that's bigger than your ability between you and God. He says, but when it comes, it may look bigger, but it may feel bigger. It may feel illogical. But he says, this next part is the most important part. And God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. And he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with that temptation will provide the way of escape. So that you will be able to stand, to endure it or to stand it. In other words, you're not going to face something. If you're facing something, you and God can handle it or you wouldn't be facing it. If you're facing something... You and God can handle it or you wouldn't be facing it. That's what that says. But he doesn't just say, see right here it says provide a way of escape. But put up 2 Corinthians 2.14. But that's not the end of the story. The other side of the story is this. Is that, but thanks be unto God. 2 Corinthians 2.14. But thanks be unto God who 
always leads us in triumph. How many times? Always. See, when you start to get into his love, you start to know he's leading me somewhere. It can't go anywhere else but triumph. It can't go anywhere else but up. It can't be anything else but an opportunity. It can't do anything else but solve race relations. It can't do anything else but heal finances and bring healing. That's the only thing. He's always, always leading us to triumph. There's no other thing. There's no other option. Triumph. It's like if God had a voting, what do I want to do to this person? Uh, triumph or triumph? Uh, I think I'll take uh, triumph. Yeah, glory. Thank you, Alex. Triumph. That's all. It's the only option. It's the only answer. All we have to do. But notice it says, but thanks be unto God who always leads us. That means he's always leading the triumph. The question is, am I taking him by the hand? But the question about taking him by the hand goes back to, do I really know him? Or am I just talking about him? But he loves you with an everlasting love. He wants to pour out his love on you. He wants to pour it out so much and lead you to triumph and start answering things that you've wondered your whole life about. How? Why? Why couldn't this be fixed? How could it be fixed? And all of a sudden, he'll start knocking those things down. Things that you thought would never be knocked down, he'll just start knocking them down. That'll be just the first three months of going after him and honoring him. He'll just start bringing you to that place. <laughs> 